Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Scoring Chad here getting an update from Vox Royalty, traded on the TSX under the symbol VOXR, and on the NASDAQ under the symbol VOXR. We are chatting with the CEO, Kyle Floyd. Now, Kyle, a couple of news releases and general company updates, asset updates to get to here. First and foremost, I do just want you to provide asset updates and updates on royalty acquisition too that came out at the tail end of last year 2023 and then we can get into a new credit facility that the company has and provide a more broad update on the producing assets so kyle in terms of just that quick update here bring us up to speed on some of the key asset updates and that royalty acquisition please yeah absolutely Corey and chad great to be talking with you both again well, excited to say one of the key assets that we acquired last year was the Red Hill Gold Project operated by Northern Star. And, you know, an asset that we had chatted about when we acquired it back late in September. This is one of what we believe are kind of the shining star assets within Vox's portfolio, operated by a major past producing open pit. And, you know, it was really shaping up to what we believe will be a, a meaningful part of Northern Star's future production profile. And so some interesting news from Northern Star or operator update, if you will, that came out late November last year. And that is that they've got two drill rigs turning on site. Uh, it's right now as it stands over a 1.2 million ounce resource, but they're doing both infill and step out drilling and metallurgical testing within the drilling that they're completing. And so it really speaks to this project being pretty meaningful within the Northern Star portfolio. And something that I think Vox investors can be really excited about, this project and this royalty we acquired, again, I haven't seen that type of value acquired by a royalty company in a very, very long time. It's in the right jurisdiction, right kind of operating partner, right kind of geology. It checks all the boxes that we look for at Vox and what we're uniquely capable of finding and, and procuring into our portfolio for shareholders and investors. So we believe we created a lot of shareholder value with this acquisition that we made back in September. And this news in November just further supports that. Um, it's both de-risking the asset and increasing the upside and optionality around it and moving it towards what's already, what Northern Star discloses is in their feasibility stage of projects. So we're excited about that one. And then, as you mentioned, we also completed a small acquisition in December. This really speaks to this was the it's a royalty that covers the Hawkins Gold project operated by E2, which is a TSXV listed company. Really excited about that project fundamentally over the 320,000 ounce gold resource. We like the grades, we like the geology. We were able to to strike a, a great deal with the owner of this royalty and create some liquidity for them. So that was fantastic. But this acquisition really speaks to just, we have an engine and a systematic process and competitive advantage that all work together to source this kind of value. So really excited about that. Not the hugest deal, um, not something that we spent a lot of time talking about externally, but one that we were really excited about. And you know, we believe that continuing to be able to execute and find these types of royalties is going to create the type of long-term value that we demonstrated we have we can if you're looking backwards and continue to do that looking forwards, even though the royalty market for many companies is competitive, this speaks to our ability to, to find uncompetitive deal flow and assets that we can bring into the portfolio at great value. And so excited about that one. And then 
Yes, I think the biggest news that we've had over the last couple of months is that uh, we were able to secure a revolving credit facility with Bank of Montreal. This really sets us up so well for success with a much lower cost of capital over the long term. I don't think the market really understands right now what this does for our business and the type of growth that this sets us up for. Of course, accretive growth. But we have been really capital constrained versus, uh, I would say, quality asset constrained in terms of what we could go out and buy. And so I'm excited about what's in the pipeline, and I'm really excited about what this does to our cost of capital. I estimate that this reduced our cost of capital by about 50% over the company. So, you know, crazy times where you see a share price that's maybe pulled back some, but you've lowered your cost of capital so significantly uh, and you continue to demonstrate to the market that we have a very unique competitive advantage in what I believe is going to be the industry that creates the most value over, a, let's let's call it a medium to long-term time horizon, which is the royalty sector. I think we have a, a fantastic business. We've increased the value of it. And uh, and now we've also lowered the cost of capital. Well, Kyle, just at that point, I, I kind of want to peel back the layers here on Vox and you made a great point about the royalty business model and the way it can build value for shareholders. When we first started talking to you, I think you had one producing asset. And I think now you've got a handful, probably up to six producing assets, but you have a pipeline of projects that are moving through the different stages of mining from exploration to development and then into production. Before we dive in a little bit more to maybe how you could use that better cost of capital for future deals, could you just remind folks listening that maybe are not as familiar with the value proposition in Vox, what you do have as far as producing assets, overall assets, and maybe some of the ones moving closer to production in the next one to three years. Yeah. So what's actually generating revenue to us right now is there's six in-production assets. There's two additional assets that are essentially a satellite ore body to what's already being mined. And those satellite ore bodies, we believe, will be accessed over over the relatively near term. So the production or producing asset curve for us is increasing and that's somewhat organic. And a lot of that's de-risked because it's already assets that are in production. So that would be auto bore. That just has a, a cap that it has to hit or a hurdle that it has to hit. And then it starts producing revenue to us and then Mount Ida. And then, yes, we got paid as well on the Puzzle North project last year, which was unexpected. And that was actually a discovery milestone, which was part of the royalty contract. So we get paid when it's actually in long-term steady state production and on discovery of reserves or um, the qualification of reserves. So we've got a, as you mentioned, a, a very, very significant growth profile over the last couple of years. When we went public, we had one producing asset now sitting at six to seven producing assets as we get deeper in, here into, into 2024. And ultimately, when you look at what we have in the portfolio, we believe there's 20 to 30 assets that are likely to eventually come into production and different time horizons. But we've got what I think is going to be very, very strong, stable growth and producing asset count. And that ultimately is what also drives revenue growth. So I like our portfolio. I like the duration of expected cash flows within our portfolio. And I like the asset quality and the jurisdiction that we have assets. I think it's often overlooked with royalty companies, where do you actually own royalties and, and where does most of your revenue come from? And for us, that's all Western Australia, which we believe is a very good thing because the geopolitical landscape is absolutely getting more risky every single day. You've got kind of the crazy things that have happened in Panama. 
And that just kind of illuminates, you've got to have a portfolio of royalties if you want long-term quality optionality and value around that. You've got to have your royalty portfolios and those assets in the right jurisdictions. And I think for any royalty company, we have the highest weighting to Australia and that continues to serve us very well. Uh, and also continuing on that comment, we continue to have a very deep pipeline in Australia. Um, so I think the market has looked at us and said, well, you know, how does Vox project out and royal, the royalty world's competitive? What does that mean for a company like Vox? And we, I believe we continue to validate and demonstrate that we have a unique competitive advantage in what is, you know, globally, but really um, pressed in the world's best mining market, which is Western Australia. And you're going to continue to see growth from us there. And again, why I think royalty companies will outperform we're not exposed to the cost inflation. We're not exposed to the cost structure of mining companies. And therefore, in a very, very buoyant metal price environment that we're seeing, with only a few exceptions, maybe lithium, maybe nickel, we're seeing great a great gold price. I think it's around $2,060 as we stand right now or are talking right now. Iron ore is at 20-month highs. We have a very, very good price environment. Our costs are not rising at the rate of inflation that the, the mining companies are seeing. So I believe our model is going to stand out. I believe our business stands out. And now also the cost of capital is standing out for us in a positive way. All right, let's talk about what you could be doing this year then with this new credit facility of up to $25 million from the Bank of Montreal. Look, you as a company grow your portfolio by acquiring other royalties that are already in the market or in some ways not even known by the market that they exist what's going to be the strategy to utilize this up to 25 million dollars yeah great question Corey, and something that we're very grateful uh the bmo team was great to work with this really changes the paradigm for us in terms of our cost of capital and allows us to to go bring in transactions that you need to have cash to close and you need to kind of have cash on the barrelhead to do it. And so this really opens up, I wouldn't call it the floodgates, that might be too aggressive, but it really opens up our ability to get some transactions done that, that would have otherwise been somewhat difficult for us. And so it's great in terms of the evolution and growth of our business. And, and we thank BMO for being great partners in that respect. In terms of what we, we have kind of earmarked this capital for, we are looking at this facility as an acquisition line for assets that are very, very close or in production. And I'm excited to say our pipeline is really full of those types of opportunities. It's hard to say exactly what closes at the end of the day because we're not unilaterally in, in control of that. But I feel really good about where the pipeline's at. We have what I believe is the best business development engine in the industry. And you know, this facility is going to let us access that in a bigger way than we have been able to previously. Uh, and what I believe that means is we're going to be able to increase shareholder value uh, at an even faster rate. Meanwhile, keeping the discipline that has made us, I think, very successful in terms of generating great returns, but we're going to keep that discipline, but also be able to grow a little bit faster than, than probably what the market's anticipating. Well, Carl, just one more tag on point here to the acquisition strategy. And I think it's a big distinguisher for Vox Royalty compared to a lot of your peers in the space, and that is the return on invested capital, how you guys invest your capital and the return you've got so far. Could you just highlight that as we wrap up as one of the things I think really shines in the Vox Royalty portfolio? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it is something that we're really proud of. And it's something that we we focus on. I think it's something our shareholders focus on, our board focuses on, and clearly management executes around. And that is, we do look for returns. You know, that's a very simple statement, but I would argue that because the royalty model can be filled with so much optionality and upside, I think sometimes that skews buyers of royalties to buy assets that really have have a very long dated return horizon and, and tough to measure what returns may end up being. We've, we have the, the benefit of a competitive advantage that allows us to really go out and find assets that we think are deeply undervalued, but also that the fundamental value that we've acquired will be crystallized over a relatively shorter time horizon while maintaining that long-term optionality. But when you look at what we've been able to do, we put about $50 million into buying royalties 2022, we did about $9.7 million top line of revenue. Last year, for 2023, we've given guidance to between $11 and $13 million top line. So that equates to north of a 20% return on invested capital. And that's just current return. And for the most part, that's long duration, long life revenue coming into us. So that 20% current return is multiples above what anyone else in the space has generated over the last five or six years. And it is something that we focus on, but we have the ability to generate those kinds of returns because we have the competitive advantage, the technical team of experts in our industry, and the systematic processes that all combine together to to help us create that value equation and growth for our shareholders. All right, Kyle, thanks for this update. Not much else to cover here. You now have a facility available to go out and make some more deals. So keep us up to date on any additional deals that the company makes and any major asset updates that you can share with us. If anybody has any follow-up questions, please email us. We'll get Kyle to address those. Kyle, thanks again for your time. Thanks, guys. Always my pleasure.